Section 1 of The History of Chemistry. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lawrence Trask, Mount Vernon, Ohio. InterfaceAudio.com. Volume 1, Chapter 1 of Alchemy, Part 1. Chapter 1 of alchemy. The word chemistry, chemia, first occurs in Suidas, a Greek writer, who is supposed to have lived in the 11th century, and to have written his lexicon during the reign of Alexius Comnius. Under the word chemia in his dictionary we find the following passage. Chemistry, the preparation of silver and gold. The books on it were sought out by Diocletian and burnt, on account of the new attempts made by the Egyptians against him. He treated them with cruelty and harshness as he sought out the books written by the ancients on the chemistry of gold and silver, and burnt them. His object was to prevent the Egyptians from becoming rich by the knowledge of this art, lest, emboldened by abundance of wealth, they might be induced afterwards to resist the Romans. Under the word deros, a skin, in the lexicon, occurs the following passage. Deras, the golden fleece, which Jason and the Argonauts, after a voyage through the Black Sea to Colchis, took together with Medea, daughter of Aetes, the king. But this was not what the poets represent, but a treatise written on skins, teaching how gold might be prepared by chemistry. Probably, therefore, it is called by those who lived at that time golden, on account of its great importance. From these two passages there can be no doubt that the word chemistry was known to the Greeks in the 11th century, and that it signified, at that time, the art of making gold and silver. It appears, further, that in Suidas' opinion, this art was known to the Egyptians in the time of Diocletian, that Diocletian was convinced of its reality, and that to put an end to it he collected and burnt all the chemical writings to be found in Egypt. Nay, Suidas affirms that a book, describing the art of making gold, existed at the time of the Argonauts, and that the object of Jason and his followers was to get possession of that invaluable treatise, which the poets disguised under the term Golden Fleece. The first meaning, then, of chemistry was the art of making gold, and this art, in the opinion of Suidas, was understood at least as early as 1,225 years before the Christian era, for that is the period at which the Argonautic expedition is commonly fixed by chronologists. Though the lexicon of Suidas be the first printed book in which the word chemistry occurs, yet it is said to be found in much earlier tracts, which still continue in manuscript. Thus Scaliger informs us that he perused a Greek manuscript of Zosimus, the Panoplite, written in the 5th century, and deposited in the King of France's library. Olaus Borrichius mentions this manuscript, but in such terms that it is difficult to know whether he had himself read it, though he seems to insinuate as much. The title of this manuscript is said to be A Faithful Description of the Sacred and Divine Art of Making Gold and Silver by Zosimus the Panoplite. In this treatise, Zosimus distinguishes the art by the name Camia. 
From a passage in this manuscript, quoted by Scaliger, and given also by Olus Baricius, it appears that Zosimus carries the antiquity of the art of making gold and silver much higher than Suidas has ventured to do. The following is a literal translation of this curious passage. The sacred scriptures inform us that there exists a tribe of Genii who make use of women. Hermes mentions this circumstance in his Physics, and almost every writing, whether sacred or apocryphal, states the same thing. The ancient and divine scriptures inform us that the angels, captivated by women, taught them all the operations of nature. Offense being taken at this, they remained out of heaven, because they had taught mankind all manner of evil, and things which could not be advantageous to their souls. The scriptures inform us that the giants sprang from these embraces. Kema is the first of their traditions respecting these arts. The book itself they called Kema, hence the art is called Kemia. Zosimus is not the only Greek writer on chemistry. Olus Baricius has given us a list of 38 treatises, which he says exist in the libraries of Rome, Venice, and Paris, and Dr. Shaw has increased this list to 89. But among these we find the names of Hermes, Isis, Horus, Democritus, Cleopatra, Porphyry, Plato, etc., names which undoubtedly have been affixed to the writings of comparatively modern and obscure authors. The style of these authors, as Baricius informs us, is barbarous. They are chiefly the production of ecclesiastics, who lived between the 5th and 12th centuries. In these tracts, the art of which they treat is sometimes called chemistry, sometimes the chemical art, sometimes the holy art, and the philosopher's stone. It is evident from this that between the 5th century and the taking of Constantinople in the 15th century, the Greeks believed in the possibility of making gold and silver artificially, and that the art which professed to teach these processes was called by them chemistry. These opinions passed from the Greeks to the Arabians, when under the caliphs of the family of Abbasites, they began to turn their attention to science, about the beginning of the 9th century and when the enlightened zeal of the Fatimites in Africa and the Amiades in Spain encouraged the cultivation of the sciences. From Spain they gradually made their way into the different Christian kingdoms of Europe. From the 11th to the 16th century, the art of making gold and silver was cultivated in Germany, Italy, France, and England with considerable assiduity. The cultivators of it were called alchemists, a name obviously derived from the Greek word chemia, but somewhat altered by the Arabians. Many alchemistical tracts were written during that period. A considerable number of them were collected by Lazarus Zetzner and published at Strasbourg in 1602 under the title of Theatrum Chemicum, Precipus Selectorum Octorum Tractatus de Chemia et Lapidus Philosophiae Antiquitae Verite Jure Prestantia, et Operationibus Continence in Gradium Ver Chemiae et Medicinae Chemicae Studiosorum, U qui Urbium und Optimorium Remediorium Messum Facere Paturant. Congestium et inquator partes su volumna digestum. 
This book contains 105 different alchemistical tracts. In the year 1610, another collection of alchemistical tracts was published at Basel, in three volumes under the title Artis Aurifi Quam Chemium Vocant Voluma Tria. It contains 47 different tracts. In the year 1702, Mangetus published at Geneva two very large folio volumes under the name Bibliotheca Chemica Curiosa, Su Rerum Ad Alchemium Partinium Thesaurus Instructissimus Cu Non Tantum Artis Arifae Ac Scriptorum and Inubiluorum Historia Traditur, Lapidus Veritas Argumentus et Experimentus Innumerus Imo et Juris Consultium Judicius Evensitur, Termini Obscurius Explicantur, Cautions contra impostors et difficultes in tinctura, in tinctura universula confidentia, oxirentes declanter, virum etium tractatus omnes virum celebiorium, qui in magnu sedarent elixir, quique ab ipso hemate, et dissiter trismegesto ad nostra uxgra tempora decrescipia scripturent cum Principius suis commentarius consino ordine dispositi exhibentur. This bibliotheca contains 122 alchemistical treatises, many of them of considerable length. Two additional volumes of the Theatrum Chemicum were afterwards published, but these I have never had an opportunity of seeing. From these collections, which exhibit a pretty complete view of the writings of the alchemists, a tolerably accurate notion may be formed of their opinions. But before attempting to lay open the theories and notions by which the alchemists were guided, it will be proper to state the opinions which were gradually adopted respecting the origin of alchemy, and the contrivances by which these opinions were supported. Zosimus the Panoplite, in a passage quoted above, informs us that the art of making gold and silver was not a human invention, but was communicated to mankind by angels or demons. These angels, he says, fell in love with women, and were induced by their charms to abandon heaven altogether, and to take up their abode upon earth. Among other pieces of information which these spiritual beings communicated for their paramours was the sublime art of chemistry, or the fabrication of gold and silver. It is quite unnecessary to refute this extravagant opinion, obviously founded on a misunderstanding of a passage in the sixth chapter of Genesis. And it came to pass, when man began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they choose. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. There is no mention whatever of angels or of any information on science communicated by them to mankind, nor is it necessary to say much about the opinion advanced by some, and rather countenanced by Olaus Mauritius, that the art of making gold was the invention of Tubal-Cain, whom they represent as the same as Vulcan. 
All the information which we have respecting Tubal Cain is simply that he was an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron. No allusion whatever is made to gold and that in these early ages of the world there was no occasion for making gold artificially we have the same authority for believing for in the second chapter of genesis where the garden of eden is described it is said and a river went out of eden to water the garden and from thence it was parted and came into four heads the name of the first is pison that is it which encompasseth the whole land of havilah where there is gold and the gold of that land is good. There is bdellium and onyx stone. But the most generally received opinion is that alchemy originated in Egypt, and the honor of the invention has been unanimously conferred upon Hermes Trismegistus. He is by some supposed to be the same person with Chanan, the son of Ham, whose son Mizraim first occupied and peopled Egypt. Plutarch informs us that Egypt was sometimes called Camea. This name is supposed to be derived from Chanan. Thence it was believed that Chanan was the true inventor of alchemy, to which he affixed his own name. Whether the Hermes of the Greeks was the same person with Chanan or his son Mizraim, it is impossible at this distance of time to decide. But to Hermes is assigned the invention of alchemy or the art of making gold, by almost the unanimous consent of the adepts. Albertus Magnus informs us that Alexander the Great discovered the sepulchre of Hermes in one of his journeys, full of all treasures, not metallic, but golden, written on a table of Zatati, which others called emerald. This passage occurs in a tract of Albertus de Secretus Chemicus, which is considered as supposititious. Nothing is said of the source whence the information contained in this passage was drawn, but from the quotations produced by Craigsman, it would appear that the existence of this emerald table was alluded by Avicenna and other Arabian writers. According to them, a woman called Sarah took it from the hands of the dead body of Hermes, some ages after the flood, in a cave near Hebron. The inscription on it was in the Phoenician language. The following is a literal translation of this famous inscription from the Latin version of Kriegsman. I speak not fictitious things, but what is true and most certain. What is below is like that which is above, and what is above is similar to that which is below, to accomplish the miracles of one thing. And as all things were produced by the meditation of one being, so all things were produced from this one thing by adaptation. Its father is Saul, its mother Luna, the wind carried it in its belly, the earth is its nurse. It is the cause of all perfection throughout the whole world. Its power is perfect if it be changed into earth. Separate the earth from the fire, the subtile from the gross, acting prudently and with judgment. Ascend with the greatest sagacity from the earth to heaven, and then again descend to the earth, and unite together the powers of things superior and things inferior. Thus you will possess the glory of the whole world, and all obscurity will fly far away from you. This thing has more fortitude than fortitude itself, because it will overcome every subtile thing, and penetrate every solid thing. 
by it this world was formed hence proceed wonderful things which in this wise were established for this reason i am called hermes trismegistus because i possess three parts of the philosophy of the whole world what i had to say about the operation of soul is completed such is a literal translation of the celebrated inscription of hermes trismegistus upon the emerald tablet it is sufficiently obscure to put it in the power of commentators to affix almost any explanation to it that they choose the two individuals who have devoted most time to illustrate this tablet are kriegsman and gerard darnius whose commentaries may be seen in the first volume of mangetus's bibliotheca chemica they both agree that it refers to the universal medicine which began to acquire celebrity about the time of paracelsus or a little earlier this exposition which appears as probable as any other betrays the time when this celebrated inscription seems to have been really written had it been taken out of the hands of the dead body of hermes by sarah obviously intended for the wife of abraham as is affirmed by avicenna it is not possible that herodotus and all the writers of antiquity both pagan and christian should have entirely overlooked it or how could avicenna have learned what was unknown to all those who lived nearest the time when the discovery was supposed to have been made had it been discovered in egypt by alexander the great would it have been unknown to aristotle and to all the numerous tribe of writers whom the alexandrian school produced not one of whom however make the least allusion to it in short it bears all the mark of a forgery of the fifteenth century and even the track ascribed to albertus magnus in which the tablet of hermes is mentioned and the discovery related is probably also a forgery and doubtless a forgery of the same individual who fabricated the tablet itself in order to throw a greater air of probability upon a story which he wished to palm upon the world as true his object was in some measure accomplished for the authenticity of the tablet was supported with much zeal by kriegsman and afterward by olaus Baricius. there is another tract of hermes trismegistus entitled tractatus aureus de lapidus physici secreto on which no less elaborate commentaries have been written it professes to teach the process of making the philosopher's stone and from the allusions in it to the use of this stone as a universal medicine was probably a forgery of the same date as the emerald tablet it would be in vain to attempt to extract anything intelligible out of this tractatus aureus it may be worth while to give a single specimen that the reader may be able to form some idea of the nature of the style take of moisture an ounce and a half of meridional redness that is the soul of the sun a fourth part that is half an ounce of yellow sire likewise half an ounce and of aura pigmentum a half ounce making in all three ounces know that the vine of wise men is extracted in threes and its wine at last is completed in thirty end of section one recording by lawrence trask mount vernon ohio interface audio dot com